everyone, welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, What Really Works listeners. Hello, What Really Works listeners. How are you all doing today? That is a rhetorical question because you can't actually answer us. (laughs) How are you doing today, though, Becky? I'm doing good. I was just saying that I am feeling refreshed after a long weekend of camping. That is, yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. You deserve it. Because you've been working hard, hard, hard at your job, job, job. And I was telling Becky that I, I don't know, for folks that are familiar with the island, Vancouver Island in British Columbia, because we have some international listeners, but there's this cool place called Tofino, which um, you can go surfing at on Vancouver Island. And it's about a four hour drive for me. And I made it about two and a half hours, had a mental breakdown, and then turned around. <laughs> uh, and then had a re- actually had a pretty relaxing, nice weekend at home. So that's more so the energy and vibe I was looking for rather than camping and surfing, which is so strange because usually that's exactly what I'm looking for. But I was telling Becky that I'm feeling very in myself lately, very just like... I don't even know the right like self-reflective like wanting to be alone not vibing with other people <laughs> type of energy so yeah that's what I did over my weekend I mean it sounds it still sounded nice when you described yeah, it yeah no yeah it was definitely nice anyway we're not here to talk about our long weekends we are in fact here to maybe complain <laughs> maybe try to find some inspiration mm. hopefully find some inspiration maybe offer some some wisdom or our our limited wisdom um and discuss leadership which i'm quite excited about this topic good when i suggested that well i suggest i gave a list of things today and i was like mm, that's why i'm feeling the most out of all these episodes is oh, leadership good. so we're on the we're well, on the same wave no same vibe same wave and I was excited to talk about this too because you and I have both found ourselves in some new leadership positions lately yeah <laughs> so out of my depth yeah <laughs> <laughs> what did you say so out of my depth um, oh yeah no me too me too me too maybe we can start with um you know when you're growing up and people will be like you're such a leader and you're like five years old or something like that or they'll say that to people I don't know if people ever said that to you that's kind of my question is growing up did people describe you as a leader um I don't think so hmm okay I feel I was saying that the few sports I did play I did tend Mm -hmm. to be given like more of the leadership positions Okay. Or like a position where it might not necessarily be classed as like the leadership, but they have like a pretty big role in being able to like support people on the team. So like, I don't know if netball is a thing in Canada. I like netball. Um, But I would always, I used to play like central for like my school team, which is like the one person who's allowed to run around like the whole court basically. Um, oh, heck and- yeah, let's go. Yeah, and it's usually because they have they can do that usually has like a role of like trying to connect the team and that kind of stuff. So I guess in those kind of places, but I don't think I don't know if anybody's ever been like, mm, yes, you're a great leader, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> what about you though? Yes. It was something that was brought up a lot when I was younger of, oh, you're such a natural leader. She's such a natural leader, which mostly I think just meant that I was bitchy and bossy, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not going to lie. And anybody that listens to this podcast that knew me in elementary school, middle school, and honestly, a lot of high school, I would probably say would attest to the same, that I was just a little bit bossy and kind of a know-it-all. Um, And I don't know if that's like natural leadership qualities. Maybe if you look at capitalism, yeah, it is. Um, Or maybe it was just a nice way of describing 
me at a young age of having, yeah, maybe some more intense personality quirks, or maybe I am just a natural leader. I, maybe it's a combination of all of those, but it was definitely something that I would, that I kind of grew up thinking, um, and then also probably grew up believing about myself, you know, so in group projects and things like that, I would often be the first one to kind of just take charge of the situation. I remember specifically, I was, I applied for the U.S. Naval Academy for university, and I was chosen to go to this, like, summer seminar type of deal, which was supposed to give you an introductory to going to the school, so I went to that in Maryland, and I was so nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in these groups with people who all identify as leaders, and who's going to be the leader of the leader type Mm. of deal. Yeah, that was an interesting experience. Um, But it's, yeah, it's always been something that I've heard and has been on my mind. And I would say also that my dad talked about quite a bit growing up. Interesting. What, what, in a sense of like telling you or just like talking about leadership or? Mm, Telling me that I should be a leader and then also talking about it, I would say. Yeah, like more generally with his experience, but then also... Yeah, just trying to like push me towards more of that role within, I guess, community. Yeah. So, yeah, I've never really thought about it like that before. But yeah, for sure. I also, I'm just even thinking, I feel like a lot of people, what you mentioned when they say like kids who are like naturally good leaders, like you say, I think it's the, pe- the kids who are brave enough to be the first one to go, I'll go first. Or like, okay, what are we actually doing? Like, why don't you do this kind of thing? Having that, like, confidence and comfortability with doing that, I think, as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and, like, yeah, like I said, a little bit of that <laughs> that bossiness too, right? I was also the kid in school that always had to sign. It was called the book. And I always had to sign the book basically every day because I was – not raising my hand and talking out of turn, blurting, it was called, and talking too loud in class and blah, 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 blah. And my mom would get called all of the time just being like, Olivia's not raising her hand still. She's still talking to other people during class. She's still arguing all of the time. So, yeah. It was a real joy to have around in school, Cleary. (laughs) Yeah. Little rascal, but. I definitely was not. (laughs) I can 100% see that. (laughs) Still am. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't think the dynamic has shifted all that much so with all that said what is and does leadership mean to you like what who's a leader what is leadership what does leadership mean does it mean someone who's bossy and like take charge and like know-it-all attitude definitely not know-it-all definitely not think? know-it-all no nah. I think anyone who claims they know everything is not a good leader. Okay, so here's the interesting part, right? Because we're talking, we're going to have this discussion about leadership. And I can already tell the direction that you and I are going to take in this conversation. And if you know Becky and I, you can probably, I don't know, think to yourself, okay, obviously Becky and Olivia are going to think that leaders are people who are kind and empathetic and like appreciate the values of others, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then I have such a hard time with the idea that the people and the majority of people that are most powerful and also, mind you, most wealthy in this world are like the people that I would say have the worst leadership qualities. How does that happen? Oh, that's a... I'm like, yeah, exactly. So I think it's like, what is the definition of a leader and how do we think of leaders as these like passionate people who care about the opinions of those around them and can lead a team and are like, like connection and all of these things. And then have people like, I don't want to get political, but if we're just looking at approaches to leadership, have people like Donald Trump leading the country. Yeah. But I think it depends. I like, so for me, leadership is different from, Like, leadership doesn't necessarily mean you're the most important person to me. Oh. So. I agree, but what do you, like, what do you mean in context to kind of what I said? 
So, like, for example, you can be a leader, but you might not necessarily... Like, but they're like the president is literally called like the leader of the of the free world in America. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, which I think is that's <laughs> that's a whole other thing that I won't but, get into. But they're like, you know, they're like are in a leadership position where they're the ones calling the shots on for a lot of things of what's supposed to happen. And I would argue that a leader is somebody that is actively making decisions that's going to affect a collective. Oh yeah, and I think that's a important part of leadership is owning that and that accountability but i just because you see what i'm saying though yeah, <laughs> it's but, just annoying yeah but i mean in my opinion that doesn't necessarily make them a good leader though yeah and then that's where my brain gets all confused because it's yeah it's irritating that we and i think generally as a society we have a pretty common understanding of what makes a good leader maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm just globalizing but it's one of those questions that we ask on on interviews and things like that like we we all generally have an idea of what makes a good leader and I think it's most likely within the same area and then all of a sudden you have people that find themselves in positions of power who are identified as leaders who don't exhibit the same qualities that the majority of people describe as important in leadership and that's just wild to me. So do we really values the le- value the leaders in our communities based off of their leadership qualities and the quali- like those qualities that they bring to the table? Or as a community and as a society, do we really value things beyond leadership like power and um, intimidation and wealth you know like all of these things that aren't a component of leadership but most of our most affluent leaders have yeah well I I feel it's really complex because there are a lot of reasons as to why some people who maybe fall under like the the qualities of leadership that a lot of us might value um they might not make it to those highest power, traditional highest power positions. Which is so unfortunate and exactly what I want to talk about a little bit for at least in this podcast, because I completely agree with you. Yeah. I think people that are, yeah, like focused on equity and inclusion and valuing the voices and opinions of others and creating connection and creating community most often find themselves in positions where they are not the ones that are making the big decisions. They're not the ones that are calling the shots because, <laughs> because of what reason I don't know, but I think it's a common trait or a common, um, what do you call that? A thing that we see. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of systemic issues at play as to, why maybe more frequently people with certain characteristics and backgrounds reach the top and backgrounds um and even systemic issues of um even just thinking if a white guy is seen as like firm and like tough with their decisions it's like okay they're like they they just make decisions whereas if it's a woman then it's viewed differently if it's a black person it's viewed differently even if it's done in exactly the same way as well yeah which then goes against people yeah and what's interesting there is when you were describing the qualities you said firm and what did you say? You said firm and something else. Okay, you said firm. You said firm and something else. Firm and makes decisions, or firm and something something. And the, they were two qualities that I wouldn't say makes a good leader. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that it necessarily does, but yeah, but other people think it does somehow. You know, like the people that are going to put you into a position of power and are going to make you 
an individual that maybe is at the like top tier of leadership, I think you're right. I think those are the things that they're looking for, which is in contrast, I believe, to what the majority of other people think what makes a good leader, which is just so bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. I would be interested to almost do a survey and Mm. ask people what they think makes a good leader because, like you say, we both work in mental health and substance use and... At nonprofits. <laughs> at nonprofits. So I think we really do have this view of what is a good leader, but other people may not feel that way. Yeah, that's super fair. Maybe I shouldn't have, maybe we, <laughs> I shouldn't have started with this big leadership existential <laughs> crisis. I've just hijacked the podcast completely. So what really works, listeners, I'm sorry, you'll just have to bear with us. Let's go back to what you think, Becky. Ugh. <laughs> what leadership means I think it's just yeah. something that I find hard to define Yeah, because I think it's this like big thing I don't think it's like one you know one easy thing that's part of it Um. okay so what does leadership mean to you then so it means something that's like big and overarching and not one there's not one defining yeah I feel like it's a set of behaviours that are based around lifting people up and supporting them in a way that works best for them um, while also being willing to be accountable, set healthy and good examples um, and like is willing to stand in line with those that they are leading is where they're the things that come to my mind initially. There's probably pieces that I'm completely missing within that definition, but yeah. No, that was a very good answer. My answer is just going to be stress. Yeah, true. What does leadership mean to me? Stress. Yeah. It's, yeah, that, (laughs) I think everything that you said are for sure qualities that I would look for in a leader, right? So maybe I'm taking the question differently, but I would look for those exact qualities of and ways that a person operates of being willing to stand in line with their team, being willing to take accountability for their team when maybe the desired results aren't achieved, using a strengths-based approach and empowering and uplifting people. Absolutely all of that. What does it mean to me? (sighs) in a realistic sense, it really just means trying to move some sort of goal or target or agenda ahead in a way that usually produces quite a bit of stress um, (laughs) and involves quite a bit of decision-making and balancing two completely opposing forces while trying to do so. That's what I've learned over the course of my work experience, leadership means. And that's a good point, too, is leadership means something different in different spaces, I think, right? Is in a coaching position, I think leadership would look different than it does in my work position right now. I don't know about you, but, like, you know, leadership involves other people. Like, I think it always, like it always involves other people in some shape or form and just that in itself is stressful because our focus isn't purely on just ourselves and what we need to get done or want to get done or how we want to move forward instead it becomes like a bigger thing of thinking of others and (laughs) all the complexities that come alongside that as well which is also stressful yeah it's thinking of others it's having to take accountability for others the part that I struggle with the most is motivating others, mm. right? Especially when I'm struggling or might be struggling with motivation myself, then like being impassioned enough to then figure out and being creative enough, honestly, to be able to motivate other people, especially in a workplace environment. I find that this is one of the things that working professionals don't speak candidly about enough is there, I would like guarantee that every person that you work with has days where they just do a minimal amount of work. Mm-hmm. And when that becomes routine, especially during periods like COVID and things like that, 
and people are burnt out and they don't want to be working anymore. They feel too like there's too much pressure on them, too much stress. Productivity goes way, way down and people stop working. They genuinely do. Like people stop working and they stop trying and they stop caring. And it's no fault of their own, right? It's a product of a system that does burn you out and doesn't take into accountability the importance of having like a work-life balance and self-care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it also then is your job as a leader and as a manager, as a CEO, whoever you are in a leadership position to then recognize that. And not only that, to then motivate your team to want to continue to do more and want to continue to work and find that passion back and find that care back. And that for me is the most difficult task that a leader has is trying to get other people to care again or to care in the first place. Yeah. I don't even know what the answer is to be honest to that. No. And that's the thing is there's no direct answer, right? Because you're working with people and when you're working with people, it's an individual thing for each person. Yeah. Um, Have you ever watched Ted Lasso? The uh movie, no the tv series on i don't know it's streaming series it's on it's on but apple it's, is it okay mm. it is so good and i would recommend you watch it not only because it's incredibly heartwarming but it's all about leadership it's about how he just recognizes the strengths in other people and begins to capitalize on those and empower those strengths and those individuals then by which eventually like creating more motivation and gumption and just like care and camaraderie and everything within the team yeah and it's much easier said than done obviously on a netflix tv show but i guess that's what leadership means to me i'm answering this question very long-winded and roundabout but to me leadership means somebody that is capable of witnessing the strengths in others and supporting them to continue to, I guess, it, like capitalize on those and empower those things in themselves and be able to recognize the opposite when somebody is struggling and empower them through that time of struggle to continue to do their best. Yeah, I like that. Thanks. <laughs> it's very hard and something yeah. that I don't know if I really know how to do to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I know how to do. And it's tough too, especially when you yourself have your own things going on, right? Yeah. I think, and I think that's something that isn't frequently spoken about as well when we talk about leadership and being in those kind of roles, right, is how do we hold space for ourselves as well as holding space for our team or whoever it is as well as what needs to get done? Yes. And how yes. do all those three things come together? Because that's, <laughs> that's the thing I find hard is really being like, like, you know, COVID has a huge impact, especially within, I mean, it's had a huge impact everywhere within like the workplace and that kind of stuff. But, you know, nonprofits are definitely, you know, have been impacted by it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, I want to be able to support my team. But I also know that these things need to get done. Otherwise, <laughs> bad things will happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, certain things have to get done to continue our funding. But at the same time, that might not be our actual team's priority at that moment in time. Maybe I have my mm-hmm. own stuff going on and I'm like, ah, how do, where, where do I go? How do I give you space? Give me space. Give. Yeah. Yeah. Not even to mention, like start to mention money. Mm. That's a huge factor in people's want and ability to continue to do the work that they're doing. Yeah. And most often, especially in our sector, people are, people feel underpaid and undervalued. And when you feel underpaid and undervalued, internal motivation is going to be really low and external motivation is not nearly as supportive in (laughs) empowering that person to then find purpose and want to do, want to continue their work, right? So you're then faced with this challenge of 
needing to provide either additional compensation or provide more space, like you're saying, which then creates a whole host of other problems where now you're not only thinking about just the people involved, now you're thinking about actual policies and processes and dollar signs, which just gets so complicated and stressful for you as a leader, as someone in a leadership position. I guess I'm speaking more in like a working environment, but I think it applies elsewhere as well, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think money is like one of the hardest ones. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's what really sucks is there is so much research out there showing paying a certain, like an amount that people feel comfortable, the difference it makes them feel and be able to do in life. Um, and especially within the workplace, there's loads of research about how providing pay that means people are actually comfortable and know that they're going to easily meet their bills and that kind of stuff removes that stressor Mm -hmm. from their mind and creates more space like you say for that ability to be more creative you know focus on working towards like values and that kind of stuff and it sucks when we're in a position where we're not able to give that, even though we might want to be able to give that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is more so belongs in a conversation too around general shifts in culture and decolonization of our working spaces, right? Of what it means to actually be a part of a work environment, what it means to actually provide your creative input, your learned input, your experiential input into a company, into an organization, into a nonprofit and have that information and knowledge and experience then be used to support that organization, right? Like that is more, should be valued for more than just minimum wage or less than minimum, I guess minimum wage or less than living wage. Um, And how do we change the way that these spaces operate so people can come into a workplace and feel fully actualized and as though what they're doing matters. It also has a lot to do with passion too. I think a lot, you know, I wonder just the majority, I wonder the amount of folks that are working in a job that they have zero passion for. A significant amount, right? Which in, in, in itself is a huge problem is How do you expect a leader to shoulder that, to begin to even pick away at that when the majority of people that you might be working with have no interest in in the actual work that they do? Yeah. That's a huge challenge. And then when when it comes to that, I think it then becomes more about workplace culture. Yeah. Is hopefully if the person doesn't enjoy the actual job that they're doing, then you as a leader can then shepherd an environment that at least feels good for them to be in. Yeah. Yeah. They enjoy coming to work because they enjoy their coworkers. They enjoy interacting with you. They enjoy the space that's been created. Yeah. They feel good in themselves to be able to come and have conversations with you, have conversations with their coworkers. And I think, you know, I think that's why workplace culture is so important, right? Is because it makes up for the the things that we just naturally lack within our systems. Well, and I think that what you're talking about is a one of the factors of many factors. I feel like it's one of the factors as to why we're seeing masses of people leaving jobs and changing jobs. Because I think, especially with the pandemic, people like I know quite a few people who are really close to me who didn't necessarily care much for the actual job that they had in a sense of like the role and that kind of stuff, but loved the workplace culture. Yeah. Love the place that they worked for, love the people that they worked with. And that's what brought them that joy. Yeah. Um, and then when a lot of things went online um for folks where that's what happened with their work um that nice workplace culture that they got so much from wasn't there as it was before and you know quite a few people I know were like nah 
I realized how much I actually don't like necessarily my job. I just loved the place. Um, yeah, they, they lose their meaning and their purpose. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I think that it, that's another important component of leadership then is to be able to actually create those spaces to make up for what is lacking within yeah. our capitalist system when it comes to job like work environments right is being able to create a place where someone says yeah I hate my job but boy do I love coming to work yeah I was gonna say and even that comes from like the mindset of like people should enjoy work in some shape or form oh yeah which fair some people like not everyone that's part of their purpose not everyone that's part of their joy yeah it's just it's so complex. I think now that I've found myself in like a a position where, like you say, like in the sense of I, I'm talking workplace wise, that now I'm in like a named leadership position where there is a set of people where my my role is to lead them and support them. Not as easy as I thought it was before I was in a leadership position, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I'm interested in as well, is how have you found it now that you're in your leadership position and anything that surprised you, that you've been finding hard, that you've been enjoying? Oh, I just, <laughs> um, like, it's really interesting because it's like, in one part, I I do love it in the sense that so, like, before, like, kind of the role that I was in, like, so I was the Discovery College lead before moving into this role. Um, but before I that, I was always kind of doing, like, support work um, mm-hmm. and providing, like, you say, like, one-on-one support and advocacy and empowerment and that kind of stuff. And I did find that that was something that I was missing in my Discovery College role because I work in that role. I would be working with people, but not necessarily like kind of one on one or like long term or whatever. Um, So I do definitely enjoy the fact that I have the opportunity to like work actually with people and like mentor um, that kind of stuff. Sometimes I do feel like I'm drowning, though. In what way? Just in the sense that there is, I just find there's so much more to think about. Like before, all I really had to focus on was um, a program and making sure that program was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas now I'm trying to focus on making sure the programs are good, but also, like you say, like supporting a set of people in that. And there's all the nice side of things that I like leadership and the sense of like supporting people having like good conversations creating a team all that kind of stuff but then there's other sides of it which are like not so fun that definitely don't get spoken about as much of like having to have hard conversations or um dealing with burnout like all those different things where they're they're not easy things to to either support or go through um or I'm like a I'm I, I'm like a middleman so um also sometimes one thing that I find hard is I wouldn't necessarily do something in a certain way but we I get told and like I can try and have a conversation advocate or like whatever around that but sometimes it's like okay but no still like this is mm-hmm. what needs to be done and then I have to be the bearer of bad news of like, all right, I know this sucks. <laughs> and I that's not fun. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I would say I have a much wider understanding now after being the CEO of mental health recovery partners which is still so weird for me to say <laughs> and when people when people ask me what I do I'm like oh I like work for a nonprofit, uh, mental health nonprofit, and it's not very often that I'll get the question like oh like what what do you do like what's your role but when I do I just like don't really know what to say and oftentimes I just will lie because I feel a lot of imposter syndrome for sure and 
I also feel as though I'm I don't know I just feel weird like I just feel icky saying saying that um for some reason I don't know why I'm talking about this now but yeah maybe it's mostly imposter syndrome so I've learned that a lot in my new role is just how much imposter syndrome plays a role into what you're doing and how confident you feel interacting with others and also interacting with other like with your organization and other organizations I've also learned just how much there is to consider like you said so moving from just like an individual based scope to a pro to like a team scope to a project scope to multiple project scope and then an or and then all of a sudden an organizational scope and an organizational scope is really interesting because not only are you thinking about the individuals that you have employed in your organization, not only are you thinking about the different programs that you have and the different contracts that you have, but then you're also thinking about how you can like strategically align your organization and how you can continue to grow. And if you don't continue to grow, then you're not going to be able to continue to meet wage demands and you're not going to be to continue to be able to like be current within your environment, especially as a nonprofit, because nonprofits are always competing with one another um, for attention, really, mm-hmm. from the community, because yeah. we all a lot of us provide similar services. Um, so that's really interesting. And then also the political side of it is something that I've found really challenging and new is before I've been really frustrated working more in like a, like a management role or something with upper leadership and thinking like, what do they even do? You know, like, what are they, what are they doing during their days? Like, why are these decisions being made? And now I can see that there's lots of political things that come into the scope that others just aren't necessarily aware of, of this is what this organization wants us to do. And we want to be aligned with this organization because they're hoping to provide like benefits for all nonprofits that are small and like do it collectively. Or we want to be aligned with this organization because they're hoping to provide like central communication for a bunch of small nonprofits. And then that then impacts decisions that you're making on a daily basis that then impacts individuals and they don't necessarily see like the large scope of things. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of politics that come into it. That's very difficult and challenging what I have really enjoyed, though, is just being able to do whatever the heck I want for the most part. That's <laughs> <sick>. <laughs> it's not whatever I want, because obviously there's a board of directors that I um, report to, and we have different contracts that dictate what it is that we have to do as an organization. But I don't know. That's pretty fun signing checks, I guess. That's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's cool and that I've realized the importance of is having other leaders in the community helping you, mm-hmm. having mentors helping you to be able to then navigate those tough conversations, to be able to navigate the politics. So being very open and honest about the fact that you're not as experienced and that you need this experienced person's help. <laughs> I learned I just have to ask people I started asking people that I would have conversations with that I enjoyed and was like would you, would you mind being my mentor and then lots of people in those spaces know what that means and that's the advice that I would give to what really works listeners is finding people and especially people that are in a career that you would like or that you connect with that are maybe older than you or more experienced with you and then asking them to mentor you asking them to you know, have a stake in what it is that you're doing in your life and in your career and asking if you can have like periodic check-in phone calls with them just to ask for advice and connect is so helpful. And then they give you other people to connect to and et cetera, et cetera. I've said et cetera, et cetera a million times in this podcast already. I love it. It's my new thing. (laughs) If you had any advice to somebody on what you think the most important things that a leader needs to be like able to do or like qualities that a leader would have what are like what are your key things um accountable Mm. 
in the sense of I think it's really important for a leader to admit when they've got things wrong. Yeah, um, for sure. And set the stage for that to be something safe. Um, Like, I think if a leader can admit that they've got things wrong and be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to learn and grow from this. Like, this is... This, this is how I got it wrong and this is where I really messed up and this is what I'm going to do in the future because I messed that up really badly. I think that creates a safe space for everybody else within that group to be like, okay, we can get things wrong. We can be imperfect. And I think it helps to eliminate a bit of fear. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. Um, I, and I think that comes alongside of like being a bit imperfect um mm-hmm. of like i think if i had if i was like part of a group where the leader was like almost like on a pedestal where they never got anything wrong they always had the right answer um just knew everything i think i'd be again really scared of getting things wrong um mm-hmm. and i wouldn't necessarily feel like there were a safe space for me to be able to go to and be like I'm stuck on this or anything like that but maybe that's just me um as a <laughs> as an individual um I think I think it's really important to be like empathetic but then I also think it's really important I think one of the most important things is to have like good boundaries yeah um to say like what's okay and what's not okay and that be really clear and um be and part of that I guess comes with like being willing to you know have those difficult conversations when someone needs some extra support on something that's not going so well or that kind of stuff that is something I struggle with for sure is having those difficult conversations the only folks that I've ever had to turn down from a from a job or maybe like discontinue employment with, I've cried during the conversations. I just, I can't like that. Those kind of boundary conversations and difficult conversations are so tough. Yeah, they're so 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 tough, especially if you are someone that is really empathetic and really just wants to do all that you can to make sure that someone feels supported, and then unfortunately at the end of the day they're still not meeting what it is that you need them to meet but you need them to meet it because you have an organization to run or you have a project to run that's tough yeah that is so tough those are all really good answers I really liked what you said about accountability I think that's really important especially because something that a leader always is asking of others is to take accountability for their own actions or lack of action for sure If there was, we have a lot of young people that listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think for the most part, you know, young, young people want to be leaders, you know, they, they strive to be leaders. What would you say are things that a young person can work on or things that are really important for them to like either form education within to pay attention to? to yeah just kind of like continue to work on in themselves to eventually find themselves in a leadership position I would say pay attention to other people's strengths help them recognize those strengths and feel like proud of those strengths and growing those strengths while recognizing other people's strengths is not a weakness in us yeah that's a really good answer especially that last part of recognizing that other people's strengths aren't weaknesses in us and that is so that's so crucial with just day-to-day operational things that are important within leadership positions like delegating Mm -hmm. if you're a leader that takes everything on yourself and won't delegate to other people because a you are too controlling b you don't have the self-confident you don't have the confidence in yourself or love for yourself that you are willing to give things to other people that are more suited for the job or see you don't see the strengths in other people so you don't get, delegate to them yeah and then all of a sudden you're overloaded and overrun and then your employees don't have anything to like be passionate about because yeah. they're not working on anything 
Well, and even I'm just thinking about, you know, it's something that I've definitely tried to work on in, you know, like I'm only human. I'm not going to be good at everything. There's going to be some stuff that I actually really struggle at. And there might be some things where I'm not naturally skilled in that area and I have to work really hard at it. Um, But then you see somebody else who they are really skilled in that or they're they're good at that. All right. Or they're more confident in doing that. And I've previously kind of been like, oh, my goodness, like, they're so good at this. Like, I'm so rubbish. Like, no, 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 no. And going down that loophole, which then actually takes away from that person's strength um, and doesn't do anything for me. Doesn't do for any <laughs> anything for anyone in that scenario. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What would you what would you say to a young person? I think that this extends beyond leadership, but if I was going to give tangible advice on things somebody can work on to try to find themselves more within a leadership capacity in the future is I got this advice from my dad when I was younger and he would just constantly tell me that, you know, relationships are the things that matter. Mm. So that's part of it. I guess to me, the most important things that will get you far or get you where you want to go in life is relationships and communication. Yeah. If you're good at forming relationships with people, if you are good at making pe- people feel appreciated, at finding their skills, like you say, but also just connecting and recognizing the importance of people and recognizing the importance of relationships and seeking more relationships with people and seeing people as not just someone that you're working with, but as someone that you can build like a real tangible connection with that will take you really far. And then the other component is communication. If you can speak well and communicate your ideas logically and clearly both written and verbally that'll get you far and be a good listener with that communication yeah right like that yeah that's a huge part of communication is knowing when to speak and and when to listen so for that would be my genuine advice for anyone out there that's really just trying to pursue your goals trying to make it wants to be a leader in a community work on your relationship building skills and work on your communication skills verbally and written, like go to debate classes, go to public speaking events, network. It sounds like networking sounds cliche, but it's one of the most important things that you can honestly do if you're trying to like further your career. Yeah. All of the jobs I've gotten have been through people that I know. So yeah, that would be my advice. I don't think that necessarily makes you a good leader. I think that you can build relationships and communicate well on the surface, but underneath not necessarily be a good leader. But I think that those are skills that can put you in a position where you can be a leader. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I, I feel like leadership is this really just interesting thing where, some of the things that we like talk about are kind of like like this is how we're defining it this is exactly what it is like this is what it's made up of like these are all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that you need to put together and you have got it a-okay um yeah and I feel with leadership it's like this thing that's like I feel like I'm trying to like grasp it I feel like I'm trying to like put it in my hand but it's like <laughs> but it's like a cloud like my hand's just kind of like going through I can see it and I know when just it's grasping there at straws yeah well, that's the thing is like when it's there it's and like it's like a cloud right when it's there I know it's there I can see it's there I can feel it's there um but it's really hard for me to like put my hand out and like grab it and be like okay like this is what I've got like this is what I've got kind of thing yeah absolutely yeah, it's uh, made up of lots of different little pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, if leadership is something that we're like searching for and is a hallmark of what makes successful organizations and communities and whatever, whatever, 
and it's a concept that none of us can really fully grasp, (laughs) then what are we doing? And I think part of it is because lots of the ideas of what a leader is and what, like, leadership means is very, like, not only individually based, but also comes into conflict with what we know to be true, Mm. in my opinion, at least. But let's go to the opinion of Brene Brown. We don't necessarily (laughs) know what leadership means or what the definition is um, because we would like to quote Brene Brown on this podcast. A leader is anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and has the courage to develop that potential. Leadership is not about titles or the corner office. It's about the willingness to step up, put yourself out there, and lean into courage. What do you think of that? I feel like that's maybe like what I was trying to say all along, but in a succinct way. I think that that's an idealistic definition, to be completely honest with you. Well, I think the idea of leadership is idealistic. Yeah, agreed. I, I think the idea of this perfect leader who contains all the things that we want is idealistic because we can kind of paint the perfect picture of a leader but then you throw them into a certain scenario and yeah they might be able to make their way through it in the best way possible but there's going to be some like tricky things that come up within that and there's so many different bits and pieces of leadership that makes it hard to be able to hold all of those cards yeah And I think that's why one of the most important things when it comes to leadership is knowing that you don't hold all of the cards and who you should really be speaking to for advice and for direction should be others. Yeah. And the leader then takes all of the information from the people around them and makes an informed decision. Yeah. Because there's been so many times where even like, so the role that I've come into means that one of the programs that I like lead I there's people who've been working within that program area for a lot longer than I have right and yeah I'll be like oh in my head I'll be like I've got this idea I think this is great um and then he'd be like okay I'm gonna like share it with the folks that work on it and they're like cool but like you need to think about this you need to think about this you need to think about this and this and this and this and I'm like huh so you have all this knowledge and thank like thankfully you're sharing that with me and we've built a safety enough conversation for you to not be like oh yeah sure whatever becky um (laughs) (laughs) that it made me makes me go okay yeah so maybe there was a little bit in this idea that's that's kind of good but i need to like say seek expertise from elsewhere so that then we can make an actual like decision and yeah make develop things to their potential right yeah and it's recognizing too that that's a really difficult thing to do because even if you do get responses from a bunch of different people there's still a division within responses too so part of being a leader is then taking the accountability and responsibility for being the one that makes the final decision and hoping that the people that you've spoken to will support you in the implementation of whatever it is that you've chosen to do. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work out, taking responsibility for that too. Yeah. Well, and I think also a big part of it is that communication piece of being clear as to why we've gone in X direction when maybe half of the group had suggested a different direction, right? is making it clear as to I'm not discounting your thoughts I'm not like but this is the reason why we've come to like this conclusion so that people aren't just like oh you want my ideas and then you're not gonna listen to them anyway (laughs) yeah and that's something that's quite challenging in both of our works especially like my work and your work within peer support because and honestly just mental health and substance use in general there's a huge movement to involve but also put people who have experiences with mental health and substance use challenges in positions of not only informing but also leadership and it's really infuriating then when you've taken the time to incorporate those individuals into your decision-making spaces and then all of a sudden the decision still goes against what those experts have said right 
So Brene Brown continues to say that daring leadership is a collection of four skill sets that are teachable, observable, and measurable. Do you want to say the first one, Becky? So the first one is vulnerability. So around, we've spoken about vulnerability a fair bit on the podcast, but around this idea of like the openness to um, like emotional exposure, risk, openness kind of stuff. Um, And it's something that's super important within groups to be vulnerable because being vulnerable allows things like empathy, compassion, being able to actually listen open to hearing what other people are thinking and hearing um being honest setting boundaries um being vulnerable means putting our hand up in a meeting and going hey I have this cool idea what do you think of it right so being able to have that openness and vulnerability within ourselves and encouraging it in those around us yeah and I would agree with that to an extent um and maybe this is just something that needs to be worked on within myself but when I came into the position that I'm in now the first person that I always call for advice for is my dad uh obviously I think I speak about my dad a lot on this podcast of the advice that he gives me and I was like okay so all of a sudden I found myself in this leadership position dad uh what do I do like what's your advice for me and he was like you know something that I've always struggled with is I'm, I'm great at creating relationships with people, but I'm, I'm not great at, uh, at like keeping my mouth shut when I should of like walking that fine line, because let's be realistic. It all sounds nice and cute when Brene Brown is talking about vulnerability, but like being honest, blah, 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 staying curious, listening, opening up to people, but in a workspace, especially as a leader, there's only so much that you can share. You can't be bros with everybody, you know, like, I think that's hopefully what she's getting to with keeping confidential information, but confidential information to me means information that can't be shared, which is different than information that maybe shouldn't be shared. There's a level of, I think, distance that still needs to be maintained between you in a working environment as a leader and your emotional states and like language that can and can't be used and maybe a certain level of disclosure that is different for you as a leader as it is for other people. And I think part of that is the fact that the tone that you set as a leader then determines the tone that the rest of the like people that you're working with or whoever it is that you're leading is going to have. So if you're being what I like what I would say is over disclosing or being too vulnerable and not really having as many boundaries and you should have more boundaries I think as a leader than maybe other people should like like I don't know that's just my opinion though yeah but that's part of like the definition of vulnerability is choosing who to be vulnerable with and boundaries and um like vulnerability isn't necessarily about just like dumping everything like opening the door and going here's everything vulnerability is about choosing the pieces of information we want to share and how to share it that's a really important point to mention and I'm glad that you did because yeah that definitely changes how I think about it sometimes I forget that that's an aspect of vulnerability and I just think like oh just be vulnerable just open up about yourself and I think that's how a lot of people think about vulnerability whereas being measured about who it is that you are disclosing certain pieces of information or parts of yourself to being a part of vulnerability is good to mention. Yeah. Living our values. This is so hard. I need to do a values exercise and belief exercise here soon. Living into our values means that we do more than profess our way of being or believing we practice them. This is something that you and I have talked about, especially working within mental health, is not necessarily walking the talk when it comes to, um, yeah, like our mental health practices and other things. Um, We're clear about what we believe and hold important and take care of that with our intentions, words, thoughts, and behaviors aligned with those beliefs. I think what's important here and maybe why it's included as a skill within leadership is that's what makes you passionate about something like that's what makes you really believe in whatever it is that you're trying to impart on the people that you're leading 
is you following your beliefs and you following your values and making sure that that aligns with what it is that you're doing within whatever space that you're acting as a leader. You know, if I value empathy, then a way of me being like a actual leader is by practicing empathy within my role of leadership, right? And within that team and all right, you want the next one? So the third one is braving trust, which again, this really links into that vulnerability piece, but you know, when it comes to being in some part of a group, trust, I think, is the thing that makes or breaks a team. I think if there's yeah. no trust within an organization, a team, a group, um, a relationship, then everything else is almost impossible <laughs> to to move forward with. Um, and trust is something that is done through the small things I think I think trust is done through more frequently through the building up of smaller actions than necessarily like one big action so whether that's following through with things that we are saying we're gonna do paying attention to what we are saying um even things like having a one-on-one conversation and that's where it stops um those kind of things yeah yeah I would agree I think the one part that I would maybe just expand on a little bit is it says here you know trust isn't earned through heroic deeds or even highly visible actions um but like you said through those small things like paying attention and listening and um you know confidentiality and connection I would say though that if especially when it comes to matters of finance and matters of that have been going on for a while and you've known have been an issue for a while, but there's been no tangible actions, then it becomes less about those small things. And then mm-hmm. it actually becomes about an action. Yeah. And if you're not following through with that larger action or even heroic deed then even if you're continuing to do those smaller based um trust actions then you're still going to lose trust of people yeah which I think goes into what you were saying though about you know things that you promised because often those are things that are promised yeah and I think one thing that comes within that trust and within that like disclosure as well and like the is I think a really important thing within leadership is allowing level of clarity so people understand what's going on and why things are happening and that kind of yes. stuff. Um, but I think what also comes within that is if there's something that's being passed on to us where it's like, oh, this could happen in the future, but it's really like something that's like, there's no steps that have been taken about this at all. It's just kind of a thing that's been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes it's around about, okay, like, is this something that... I disclose or is this something that until we I hear more information about how steps are actually being taken then I'll kind of share that and that's so difficult because sometimes we will create promises or speak of what we want to change in the future which then becomes an expectation because we're hoping to keep the morale of the group up right so There's been a situation at my work where a wage increase was promised for over a year. And at that point, it's questionable whether or not it even should have been brought up, right? Like, if you're going to hang that promise in the air for that long, then why was that promise brought up in the first place? And I think likely it's because you're trying to continue to keep buy-in from the group that's around you. But there's a really fine and delicate balance between wanting to say what you want to change about the future and what needs to be changed but understanding and maintaining the notion that you can't take things back okay the last one we have here is owning the story and you get to write the ending what does that mean so like learning to rise like rise to the rising to that courage oh rising to like like, rising to the occasion kind of thing yeah so so like okay like this is what's happening like there's nothing I can do to control this happening 
the only thing I can do is like rise with these other attributes to be like, okay, like this is where we're at. Where do we go from here? Yeah, fair. Okay. I understand now. I read it and I was like, own the story. You get to write the ending. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I think we've spoken about some other areas that we think is important within leadership, like connection, communication. You spoke a lot about embracing imperfection, which I think is really helpful for everyone around you, but then also for the leader too. So you're not getting into spirals of, um imposter syndrome like I do and yeah <laughs> compassionate leadership starts with treating ourselves kindly which I'm really bad at doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah the moral of the story is you know what well, if you have if you are falling into a leadership role in some shape or form like hats off to you yeah Um, and you know just being aware of people and yeah good luck and reach out for support for yourself because I think as frequently people who are within those leadership roles they may not naturally have someone to lean on to depending on where they're at so find like you say you before finding places where you have people to to lean on and go hey I don't know what I'm doing right now (laughs) reach out to those mentors even if it seems embarrassing or if it seems like far-fetched or whatever just do it there's never any harm in asking be vulnerable (laughs) be (laughs) be vulnerable yes (laughs) all right Becky is there anything else that you want to leave our what really works listeners with before we head out I don't think so me neither well goodbye everyone then yeah thanks for listening to our rant about leadership (laughs) hopefully you found some of it helpful (laughs) and we'll talk to you later bye bye thanks again for listening to us we hope you enjoyed this podcast you can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms and if you don't want to miss any future episodes you can follow us or subscribe to what really works To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast.